What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I am Mike. With me is Kev, Josh, and Steve. Boy, a lot going on this week, guys. Uh, you know, nothing. We have the Hounds game that we're obviously going to talk about. We have two more games this week, um, thanks to the Open Cup. But you know, first, Steve, how was your weekend? It was okay weekend. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing much happened. Gray. I'm expecting you to bring the pep, Steve. Come on, weather. No, the weather was just there all weekend. That really did not help anything. Um, no, I spent most of my weekend hanging out uh, with some friends, some unexpected visits. Uh, got to catch up with a friend I haven't seen in a while down at the brewery yesterday, um, which was great. Um, good beer, you know. Yeah, nice. we can talk about Saturday night. I don't know if anybody okay. wants to. Well, but, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to yeah. put that off as long as we can. <laughs> Josh, how are you feeling? Of- we, we missed you last week. Oh, I am still coughing randomly. It's so weird. I don't feel sick. I just feel like... just. Every once in a while, I'm coughing up a storm. And yeah, that's been like over a week now. So not fun. But I'm better enough where I feel like I'm not going to just go into a coughing fit the whole podcast. So good. Well, if you do, like now it's justified. So yeah, we'll just yeah. brace yourself. There's button. your warning. It's fine. I have a yeah, mute yeah. button. You'll just yeah, see yeah. me jerking around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say like, well, if you do, just leave. I don't want to watch your own podcast. <laughs> just... <laughs> just... <laughs> Yeah, we don't need you here, Josh. You need to go. Yeah. That is that is not true. <laughs> yeah, that is not true. I'm, I'm just kidding. Kev, what, what were you up to? Um, this weekend, Knoxville had uh, it's called the Rossini Festival uh, in Knoxville. I guess I never looked this up. Actually, I call it, it like, well, no, I, I I figured it out eventually. But um, I guess Rossini was like an old composer or something or opera singer. I don't know of the like Renaissance era. And I guess the Knoxville Opera every year um, for the past 20 years uh, puts on like a day long festival in town, like around like music, specifically like opera y kind of music. And then um, because of the time period, we'll invite other time period type things there. So I don't know like what they're called, but like the Knoxville people in Knoxville who are into like the medieval type fighting with like. Arbing? Yeah, but it's like they have legit swords and like legit armor yeah. and oh, like okay. right. yeah. reenactments essentially. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so they like, a couple of them come down and they like have different but like, you know, blocks of the city are shut down. People are just kind of walking everywhere eating good food and and like there's like a ton of stages of like little just local music stuff. And so that was cool. And it's all free, like free parking. Knoxville does a good job with that stuff. So that's that's what I did this weekend. Awesome. I, I too did something somewhat culturally. We um we went back, we drove back and saw Woodland Hills's musical. They did Susicle and it was insane. I've I've first of all I'd never seen Susical, so I had no idea what to expect. And the the backstory, ooh, we uh, I don't know if we've been doing the show long enough. When my oldest son was in second grade, um it was second or third grade. He was cast in Woodland Hills musical. They did Peter Pan and he played Michael. So literally as a second or third grader, we spent months like living at the high school and he was just around high schoolers like all the time. Like every night was just four or five hours with high schoolers hanging out so he could be in Peter Pan. And it was exhausting. But I mean, the the shows they put on there are insane. And he was like flying on wires and like working with a real dog. And like it was a whole thing. 
Um, but he had a blast. We haven't been back in a few years. I mean, really since COVID hit. And so finally my wife was like, we're putting it on the calendar and we're going like everything else will be canceled. And so, um, it was cool to go back and like, see everybody. And like I said, the show was, was fantastic. Again, they did all sorts of wire work and like pyrotechnics and like way beyond like a high school should ever actually be doing. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. So. I think the context is Mike, we went to Penn Hills and like, right. you know, it's just like, so what should be done is relative to our experience at Penn Hills. Well, listen, and you know, I don't want to dog anybody, but my experience out here too, we're like, Ooh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. I've, I've, Woodland Hills is notorious for like having historically good yes. musicals, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so going back, we got to see the director. It's the same guy who's been doing it for years who did Peter Pan. We we saw some of the students that were in Peter Pan with Ollie. And it was a little like weird that we realized that Ollie is the same age now as they were when we did Peter Pan. So, you know, they were all the, the one director like warned them. They were like, Ollie's going to be here, but you're not going to recognize him because literally he went from being like a you know, an eight-year-old to like almost a 16-year-old. And so it was just cool to go back and see everybody. And uh, and yeah, we had a good time. So nice. if, if you get a chance, go check it out. Um, there's there's no good good segue. Get in it. Let's get in it. <laughs> okay, it. so here's, here's I do want to, I, I, before we get into it, get into it. I have a serious question. And so Hounds lost 2-0 to El Paso. We all made score predictions prior to the game. Only one person out of all of the score predictions picked a Hounds loss. And that was Kevin. Now, I <laughs> now listen, I, I legitimately, I want to pick your brain on this. So we traveled to El Paso. This is before the game. We tra we're traveling to El Paso facing a team that scores as often as we do, but they've given up twice as many goals. So we, I, I'm expecting us to outscore them in theory based on the statistics in our last game against rgv on our last show we talked about how we were generating a ton of scoring chances in the second half mm -hmm. statistically we're giving up some of the fewest goals in the league so kev what made you think we were going to lose this game you weren't wrong yeah. but i'm trying to figure out <laughs> everybody else Why was said he right? win or tie <laughs> what made you think going into this game that the hounds were going to lose because statistically well, okay. everything else was it was pointing the other direction See, no, i was so i was just actually i think i'm i'm i think el paso lost of, like three of their last home games too i'm basing this off of what i'll call probabilistic thinking i mean so first first of all like you me like me saying you saying i'm the only one who predicted the loss now obviously there's some bias of like who we're talking to right like if you pulled the usl you wouldn't get 99 percent of the people saying the river right. hounds weren't going to lose right so right. okay immediately we have something there um i honestly so much of this boiled down to like away game okay like that's that's one where like i don't think we're gonna be wonderful away on a baseball you but know they've been diamond. really bad at home i get it okay. i totally I get it, it. Go <laughs> so, ahead. away game el paso away game you know, not, you know, Harrisburg away game, not New York uh, away game. I, I Like, you know, I should be 
traveling for work right now in dc and i was like i don't want to travel to dc right now like i don't i'm not gonna do it <laughs> so then that's just tennessee to dc like let alone pittsburgh kevin's gonna miss the next few shows because he's unemployed looking for work but no <laughs> one no one listens from work um but uh anyway uh so so i honestly it was a bit of that and it was a bit of okay like i don't know i it, in our last game okay deke was scores forbes scores like i, I said on the podcast i was like I don't Forbes isn't going to score another goal like that all season. And, you know, Dequa, it hits him off. I don't know what, and goes in. I mean, Steve, I know you said like, you know, he t- you talked to him and like went off his chest or something. Um, and I understand Dequa. Okay. had another somewhat reasonable go in, but I just, I don't see us picking teams apart right now. And, and it all kind of just boiled down to that. I was like, I don't know where we're going to see goals. We're playing away and probabilistically like we're not going to go on a three game winning streak here. And like, we're more likely to lose after we win a game at this point in my head, that could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's what I went with. I thought, look, I, I, I don't think, I don't think we're playing amazing right now. At no, I mean, in, in basically everything you said was true, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think if we're, if we're looking at takeaways from this game, right. I think seeing that we got scored on twice is a bit of a surprise. And I think that the second goal is a bit of an anomaly. Like it kind of just happens. And, um, you know, at, at that point, I would say the first goal is even not an anomaly. I, I want to give El Paso a lot of credit. It was a great mm-hmm. goal, yes. but it was a great goal. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and it was, all right. You know, I, it's one of those. Yeah. I'm not convinced that this was so much of the hounds didn't play well. I mean, we had chances. We could have put some things away. I mean, there were times where we made them have to make the save or make the defensive tackle. Um, that first goal was, for me, reminiscent of uh, the goal that Robbie scored with the assist from Arturo, right? I mean, a deep yeah. center back making an excellent pass to an attacking player with one, two touches and just burying it, right? Like all around a great goal that you're going to see those types of great goals against even good teams in the USL, right? Like even some of the best defenses are going to give up those goals from time to time. So am I upset about that goal? Not really from what it was, right? Like we got beat by a great goal. And the second one, like, like, sure. The defense probably should have been a little deeper. Uh, Jamali misread the bounce, probably bounced a little higher being on a turf field than a grass field, right? Like all sorts of ways, right? Like, talked about what last week or a few weeks ago how much older the the turf is um, i think i was having this conversation with uh with grubba and like how it doesn't bounce as much as it used to so is that factoring into it that he's playing regularly at high mark which might be a similar surface but the ball's not bouncing as much right so he's expecting it to come to him and then all of a sudden it flies over his head um but we also had our opportunities i mean uh, what is it? Diaz is their keeper. I mean, made a couple of excellent saves and then a couple of saves that were routine saves, but um, had we done a little better, could have been harder saves. So it's not that we got demolished in front of the net, right? Like we gave up two goals that we shouldn't have given up and didn't convert our chances. This was a pretty even game in my mind. Josh, what'd you think? No, I think that's, that that's right. It was a pretty even game. It just, we had a lot of, little mistakes that added up as far as just things that I don't want to see. And like, 
I feel like we keep on seeing them and it's getting a little bit frustrating, but at the same time, it's not, it's still pretty early. So it's not like, you know, the end of the world, uh, still time to iron them out. Too many passes went way over everyone's heads. Like it, every time they crossed it on the field, it was like way, way high. Uh, we made a bunch of jokes about the altitude being so you know different in El Paso. Just like mm, maybe that's why they can't seem to pass worth a damn. But you know whatever. In <laughs> uh, the, the, I mean, yeah, it was just it wasn't like this game felt like we were out of it the whole time. We were definitely mm-hmm. in it. It was definitely competitive. It was we had a lot of great opportunities. It just yeah where it mattered we couldn't do it and they could and that second goal was just it was so silly of a mistake that it was hard to take like anything from it it's not like we're all like well jamali wait man he needs to be you know right in the bench from here on out it's like no it was a, a dumb mistake and it happened yeah and I think you had said that in the game day chat on the Discord when somebody was freaking out. I don't remember who, but somebody was like, oh, man, he needs to be on the bench now. It's like, no, like, you don't pull the keeper for that, I think is what you said, Josh. And, and I think that's exactly right. Like, poor play, not a catastrophic season-ending type of mistake. Well, and I would even, I would go a step further. I think that, I don't know. Now I'm, I'm, this is a lot of guesswork and speculation. I wonder if that doesn't happen if we don't give up the first goal the way we give up the first goal. It, the first goal is a mm-hmm. long ball from their center back to their forward who mm-hmm. runs off the shoulder of our defender. Now, granted, at that in the first goal, we're not keeping a super high line. But, you know, Bob likes to keep a relatively high line and put his uh, central defenders in one-on-one situations and have them defend. I think, you know, away from home, we're already down one nil. Jamali's like, all right, I'll try to do my bit and stop the long ball, like running off the shoulder off the back. So I'll step up. If any, like I would want him to, yeah, do it again. Like I, you know, just like RVG can point to them, like Forbes isn't going to score another header like that again in the whole league. Mm -hmm. I'd point to wait and be like, you're not going to make that mistake again. Keep doing it. This is the right thing to do. And I, it's it's one of those where it's like okay we got done on two goals and those can happen mm-hmm. or you know yeah this was another game where as soon as it was over i was like uh that was awful <laughs> and then like i i look back on it i'm like eh. and other than those two moments you know you guys are right we were in it now i i still don't love that it feels like our primary offense is either just hoof it up to Dequa and let him make some magic, or it's like hope and prayer crosses. And, and, and we're back to seeing that. And that was one of the concerns in the off season was, can this team figure out how to play offense? We know Lily can figure out defense and the, and statistically we have to this point, um, you know, Dequa is on a tear. That's great. If Dequa's not there, do we score at all? I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm with you. I just don't know what, what, like, how frequent other teams are cutting other USL teams open. So, for example, El Paso beat us on two long balls. You know, like, right. You know, so, like, I don't, I don't know if this exists. I'm, I'm, and Mike, I'm so with you. I don't know, like, at the start of every game, when we kick off, 
I'm like, all right, I don't, I don't know how we're scoring, but you know, Forbes is pretty good on the ball. Mertz is pretty good. Deco has a goal and um, we'll see. And I, I, that might be like just okay for the, like for this league. I don't know, but that's kind of where my head's at with you. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. And I I think what's frustrating about it is that's all it takes in this league, right? Like two long balls over the top can punish you like it did the hounds on Saturday night. Um, And so, yeah, did we get carved up? No, but finding a way to either respond or not let the second goal happen more often than not is what makes the difference at this level rather than like just getting beat in every aspect. I mean, uh, I was going through looking at like the the heat map, the average position, the touch map and those things on the, the game day page. Um, and as I'm looking at that, I mean, we were putting on the press, we were definitely the more forward team like we were in the middle or attacking third much more than they were um and so that doesn't still tell the whole story right like doesn't tell what the quality of that play is but um we weren't letting them get in to uh the attacking third much and so that was really their only option and so for me it's how does bob how do the defenders uh the midfielders figure out how to not let those types of plays uh be the undoing in future games against teams that uh, have some quality uh, on the passing and on the finishing. And like, so that that's why it's so frustrating when we're getting those little things wrong. Or mm-hmm. like, I don't want to say they're little things. The 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 precision with the passing mm-hmm. wrong. The you know picking out the man going mm-hmm. forward wrong. Like, because that's all we got. And if we're getting those wrong, we're not going to score a goal. And so like, we kind of need to be able to successfully pass the ball you know across the field yeah it turns out that's important especially <laughs> when you know you're not just giving it to someone and dribbling it through everyone in the middle and and going to goal like it's, it's like yeah. you need to be able to do those things and so while this game wasn't a route it wasn't a situation where i felt like we were out of it the whole time it was a situation where i felt like our guys just couldn't actually do the little things to get us that goal Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I mean, I think the other aspect of what I saw was even when Bob was trying to make adjustments, it wasn't working. I mean, he brought in Harmon at what, like 60, 60th, 62nd minute, something like that, and then pulled him out in the 80th minute, yeah. right? Like, I mean, that's in and of itself telling, not that I thought he deserved to stay on, like he didn't do much, but that even the decision-making of, well, you know, you could have brought failing on right away. Would that have made the difference? I don't know. Like, but that obviously signaled to me like, oh, that's, that's not something you see every day. And that's, uh, that's pretty condemning for uh, Harmon's perspective uh, or for his, his play, right? Like not anything seemed to go right in this game is this one of those games where if the things broke our way, if those passes were a little more precise, if the defense was a little tighter, if the substitution timing was a little bit better, this would have been a two Oh hounds win. It easily could have been. Yeah. Yeah. And I this think is me coping. Yeah. <laughs> the last point on it too, um, could be, I mean, we're talking about like, well, if it's not through Dequa, I don't know how we score. And I'm, I'm still with that original sentiment, but you know, Biasi could be turning around to be like, look, like 
you know, when we scored against RV, RVG and I set it up for Dequa, you know, like we work it down to me on the left side. I score up one-on-one against an RVG defender. I beat him and I get to the byline and I put a cross and we crash the box. We get a goal. It's great. That's a great way. That's how countless of other teams score goals, right? They, they get width, they get up high, they get to the byline to put a hard and low cross back across the box and someone puts it in. So it's there. We score goals like that. But it also just doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it's a pattern of play that we're seeing trying to be repeated, and that's where I think is like kind of. Eh. I think the other aspect of that is who else is stepping up at this point as well, right? Like we don't have another forward that scored a goal at this point. Last year, I hazard to guess. I mean that Dequa, Russ, and Alex probably all had goals seven games in. Yeah. Um, Right now, we're looking at Burke with one, Robbie with one, Kenny with one, Dequa with four. That's our goal scoring. And we've got four other forwards. We've seen some great chances from Tola. Uh, uh, um, Lopez. Lopez had Lo- Yeah, Tony yeah. has had some opportunities. Um, uh, I don't think Langston has been in the position to be taking mm-hmm. shots yet. Yeah. Um, he's been played much more as a as a attacking wing back, it seems. Um, uh, but where's Eddie been all season? Like I haven't seen much out of him in terms of putting pressure on the keeper. So somebody has to step up and put themselves in that position of being the other guy that can be scoring goals, being pushing towards that uh, double digit goal scoring number. Because if it's just Chico, we're going to be in trouble at the end of the season. If he's the only one that's looking like he could be at 10 plus goals. Yeah. It does make me wonder though, is this, and I don't watch enough other games across the USL. Is this just the standard? Like, is, is this like, you know, as a USL team, you're successful by playing good defense and your offensive chances come from long balls over the top or Kev, like you said, non, I shouldn't say non-repeatable plays, but this is not, inner working between you know the defense and cutting teams apart that's not what this is it's sort of counter-attacking style or you get with and just throw bodies in the box and hope for something to happen if we were to look at every other team in the USO, do you have the case where goals are evenly spread across four or five people or is it the case that you have one guy that's doing all the heavy lifting and then you have a few supporting players mike before steve or josh even have a chance to comment on this i will praise your braveness to ask that question because i feel like to ask that question is to show our like naiveness and unknowing (laughs) and i'm right there with you the reason why i don't ever like really ask this because like by asking that question i'm admit i'm admitting like to the world like look i I only watch around games like i don't really watch a lot of the usl (laughs) so so maybe steve and josh have a different point of view but i'm right there with you (laughs) this is not the usl show this is mongols so like yeah i have three kids and lots of other stuff i don't have time to watch other games yeah so i I mean i just i pull up the league uh goal scorer uh top whatever this is does show maybe more than 25 because there's like a million people tied at two Mm -hmm. 17 or 17 with two goals um but the reality is is chico's the only riverhound on that list but you see uh 
two former Riverhounds for Monterey Bay on that list. You see uh, two players, including Russ Cicerone for Sac Republic. You see two players, three players for Charleston. Uh, you see, right? Like, I mean, you just see teams that are doing well. Some of those teams that are still undefeated, uh, which means they're winning games. Um, uh, the teams at the top of the table, which we're not looking at. Um, but also, like, you see good players. You see Brett and Tyler Pasher for Birmingham both on that list. Now, that's not a ton of goals, but you just see that those goals on the teams that are in good positions on the table, they have multiple players that are scoring more than one goal in seven, six, seven games. And, I mean, it's, it's, you also need to keep in mind, I think, what, Dequa has four goals for the season? Mm -hmm. Three of those came in one game. Mm -hmm. So, like... And if you put it in the context again of we're one of the, let's say before this game, we were one of the best defensive teams in the league, letting up, yeah. what, 0.6 goals against a game. One goal a game makes a hell of a lot of difference <laughs> when that's your defense. So, yeah, it doesn't take much uh, to, to push us over the top here. Listen, I, I fully respect, I, there's this whole conversation going on with Aston Villa right now where it's like, on average, they will give up maybe a, or, or no, they have not, they have not gone a game since they got a new coach without scoring at least one goal. So they know, okay, on average, we're going to get a goal. So if you want to beat us, you have to get two. I fully respect if that was like Lily's approach of just like, okay, we're going to get a goal every game. And I trust our defense and our keeper to not give up two. So we know we're going to get out of here with at least a point. Great. Like I, I'm all for that. The missing piece in that is where is that one goal going to come from? Yeah, we're <laughs> like it, it needs yeah. to happen. So, yeah. Oh, um, I and I think I mean after the game at home last weekend, like I get the sense even from Bob, he's not satisfied going back to the one oh win. I mean, his conversation talking about getting that second goal and that being a relief was a really different side that I think I've seen or that I think people uh, that talk about the hounds or Bob Lilly's defense in the league uh, expect, right? Like he's like, no, I don't want to be the one Oh yeah. eking out the wins because he knows that that's not sustainable over the course of the season is my take on it. Yeah. Somebody's going to get a goal on you mm -hmm. and then you got to figure yeah. out consistently. If you're scoring two goals a game, you're in a really good spot. Yeah. So how do we get to that point as a team? I think is the big mm -hmm. question. So yeah. Guys, any other takeaways from this? I, we've talked a ton about a game that I think none of us really wanted to talk about. We did roll out sort of a three-man backline. This was the first time that we had Hogan, Farrell, and Ordonez together. That was interesting. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know. Hmm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. Um, I think that what the – it's easy to say three center backs worked really well um, against RVG. So just do it again, but with Ordonez. <laughs> um, that's yeah. That you know, sounds makes a lot of sense. So I'm I'm not gonna sit here and be like, ah, oh, it was the wrong decision because I don't I don't know if I would have made a different decision. Um, mm -hmm. Whether or not we see that moving forward, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm left completely in the middle here of, mm -hmm. of where we go from here. Whether or not we go back to four or if we stay with three. Well, I, I also wonder, I mean, if we had uh, somebody faster, uh, and it's not a knock on Pat's skill, but he just was never going to catch uh, the the winger from uh, El Paso when that ball went over the top. 
right? Like, I mean, Luke was a little far away. He was a little far away. They were trying to close him down. A faster player. I mean, had had that been Arturo on that side of Joe, maybe he would have been able to at least hassle him to keep him from having such an easy shot. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but I think that's part of it is uh, the fast center back was isolated on one side as opposed to being the center. And how do you do that with three center backs? Do you put the fast guy in the middle or do you put one of the fast guys on the side? It just, it seems like that's not the back three I want to see if we're doing a back three. Well, and Steve, didn't you say last week um, that Lily specifically Mm -hmm. said um, he started Osumanu because like he's a little quicker and you have Dos Santos sitting next to him too. I mean, so that I think that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but it was nice but, to have Mertz back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what? And I'm guessing we're just like saying Mertz is, in Lily's eyes, like just Mertz is a better upgrade than Lopez, right? Like that's kind of how we interpret this because he kind of like, it to me it looked like a like for like switch of like. I disagree with the like for like. Okay. I I think that Robbie is a pure midfielder that can play defensively he can play box to box but he's going to be uh he's going to be doing all the dirty work both ways in the midfield whereas i think it's a stretch for tony to be that defensive presence i think he plays much more as a support striker a winger or a pushing forward attacking midfielder that doesn't have a lot of defensive responsibility and if you're going to play three at the back you probably want mm-hmm. yeah 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 Good stuff, guys. I'll say I'll, I don't know to put the to put the uh, period at the end of this. Um, we were talking about we don't know where goals are coming from. Um, I don't. I so showing me when he generally comes on, especially early in the beginning of the season, he looked promising. Mike, I know you were throwing out some mm-hmm. like guesswork around what you think showing me would do. He what he has yet to get a start, mm-hmm. so he's still getting. You know, Kiz is still getting, you know, starts over him. Lopez is still getting start uh, starts mm-hmm. over them, uh, both of which haven't scored goals yet. Um, but he still looks decent when he comes on. I don't know. What are your what are your guys' thoughts on showing me around like the the I don't know. We're I to me in my head, we're kind of through the beginning of the season now. Mm-hmm. And we're 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 properly in the middle. Well, not not properly, but like, okay, we've had enough games to get the kinks worked out. Um I don't know. How do you guys see showing me like fit in with the squad? I mean, the dad, to me, to the me, dad joke is just sitting there. So I'm just going to let it, I'm going to let it go. But he, like, <laughs> he's, he's to me, the next obvious striker on the bench to try. And yes. like, I have no idea what the dad joke is. Oh, I was going to say showing me needs to show me something. Like he's just he, <laughs> he literally. <laughs> That's why you're a dad and none of us are. (laughs) I said the dad joke and I saw the look on all your faces like, what? Yeah, no. This is the the highlight reel for like ESPN. When you eventually get a job for ESPN. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, No, I thought earlier in the season he seemed... Well, I mean, even in this game, he he picked up the ball. He got a shot mm-hmm. off. Um, mm-hmm. He's getting himself into dangerous positions. I wonder, we talk so much about how keepers and strikers, so much of their games are psychological. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how much of just it's he needs to get that monkey off his back and get a goal. And we'll talk about, you know, we have this Open Cup game on Tuesday or today, depending mm-hmm. on when you're listening to it. Is this the opportunity for him to get a start? 
get a, put a goal away and like get a confidence boost. And now all of a sudden, you know, those chances that he's not putting away are going to start going away. I think that's what he needs positionally where he's finding himself, the dirty work that he's doing all point towards him being successful at some point. The only thing that's missing is the goals for me. And so I think if he can just keep on keeping on, eventually they will start happening. But how long do we need to keep on keeping on in order for that to happen? And that's that's what's not clear to me. He could he could, you know, go on fire and we could have him and Dequa for the second half of the season just tearing it up. And that would be amazing. But like he needs to get to that point. And I know this is his first pro gig out of college. So like there's some learning and growing. And I think some of the stuff that he's done has been really, really good in that regard. It's just any so, other thoughts? Yeah. I wouldn't be sad to see him start over Kizza game and see what happens. Yeah. I almost was the uh, God, fourth, fifth striker last year. What was his name? Um, never did anything, but like. Um, Dane, Dane Kelly. Kelly? No, no. <laughs> same joke I was going to make. Oh, that was. <laughs> set you guys up. <laughs> um, oh, I could picture his face. Cannot think of his name. Um, but Bob was really high on him. I think Bob was a little more high. Well, I should say Dan was a little more high on Tola this year. Um, but feels like kind of a similar thing in the opportunities up to this point, not really showing off what he can do. And like that, that's the concern for me. I think you hit it, hit it really well, Mike. Like at what point does he start uh, finding the opportunity? that he puts away because um, he's had some great chances and does he just kind of like wither away and not become a good player for the hounds because he doesn't uh, doesn't actually get that goal or does he find a way to do it? And um, we see him eventually in a position uh, where, yeah, like where he's, he's able to, um, to show something because I, I mean, I guess I look at, uh, I look at Chico in that sense, right? Like came in late his first season. That was the 16 game COVID season uh, seemed to be behind Mensa. Um, but he came in and he hit the ground running and then he cooled off, right? Like neither of those guys were scoring goals at the end of the season. Um, Yang, that's who I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like, is he going to just be another, like is Tola going to be another William Yang who has the tools and Bob sees those tools, but he can't put it together as a hound. Yeah. I think showing me needs a very specific formation and players around him to get the most out of him. Part of me thinks it's almost like a four, four, two with just him and Dequa saying, just sit on both of you sit on the shoulder of their last defender. And we'll, we'll play long balls on the channel. You guys are faster (laughs) and stronger than the other defenders. We'll get, you know, wide midfielders out there to whip in crosses for you and support you and everything. But, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see that. But I was, was going to say, do you see Bob Lilly making no. that decision? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hey, man, listen, the Open Cup is, uh, at least at this stage, that's true. time for, for mm-hmm. experimentation. So. Could do in the Open Cup. Good point. Yeah, so transitioning, guys. I mentioned already we have an Open Cup match tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to us, against the Maryland Bobcats. Last time we we played in the Open Cup, we beat the Maryland Bobcats 2-0. This was in the second round. We are now in the third round because we got our bye against Rochester, whatever they're called, that don't exist anymore. 1-0 win. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. Um, 
Maryland Bobcats, uh, in terms of league play, their last game, they just beat Club de Leon 5-1 to one on Saturday, which was only their second game in the NISA season. Um, and Club de Leon has lost all three of their games. So they're Josh, coming in. not in your head like, you're like, oh, Club de Leon. I know them. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was paying attention to this game because I wanted to know how they were doing. So, so they're coming in flying. Um, just a couple of notes, you know, like we said, obviously it's the second time we beat them last season to move on to the third round. This is now the third round. Bob Lilly has never lost uh, in an open cup match against a lower division opponent. So he obviously like to keep that streak alive. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of other things that we could sort of read off here in terms of what could happen next. The biggest thing is that if the hounds do win this game, uh, they're predicting that the next round will be drawn on Thursday of this week. So we'll know who we play. It's not a given that it's going to be like a DC United. We know that there's going to be other MLS teams entering the competition in this next round, including Philadelphia Union, both the New York teams. So mm -hmm. it could end up with any of those teams in any of the places. Um, assuming we win this game. My question for you guys, all things considered, is this a must win, Josh? I wouldn't say it's a must win. It is an embarrassing loss if we don't. It isn't a I the only reason I would say must win, obviously because I want to get farther in the open cup, but also because of the game they just had, uh the, the hounds just had, and trying to right the ship and and build up confidence. Losing against a Nisa team is not gonna build the team's confidence. It's not gonna help the morale in the locker room. So in, in that aspect, you know, a win here would be very, very nice. And it's also, obviously it's a competition, it's a tournament. So it's a must win in that aspect of it. But yeah, I would say it's more of an embarrassing loss than anything. If, if we don't win. Steve, you agree? Uh, yes. And for Bob, I think it is a expected win. Um, uh, Bob Lilly has never lost to a lower division team in the U.S. Open Cup. I don't think he's going to be happy if uh, we're in a position where that looks like that can happen this game. Um, that being said, um, uh, my knowledge of it is that towards the end of last week, Bob hadn't even thought about Tuesday. He was so focused on El Paso. He's like, oh, no, we'll win Tuesday, right? Like, uh, yeah, we'll be there. Oh, yeah, we've got to practice at Highmark. Sure, we'll practice at Highmark. Like, we'll let the guys know we'll be there. We'll win that game and move on. Like, his expectation is that no matter who he puts in this game, this is a winnable game for them. Um, and I agree with that mindset. Like, yeah, I don't care what players have or haven't played for the Hounds this season, who is in the starting lineup. I mean – Pick uh, pick Gomes to be the keeper who hasn't seen any time as the third keeper, and he better not lend up more goals than the opposition keeper, right? Like that's that's what this game is. It's a must win because it's a lower division team. You're playing at home. You've got all the options. Now that being said, I expect to see a lot of the key starting players uh, not starting. Um, Kenny Forbes, he's not going to be in the starting eleven. He'll be in the eighteen. Um, uh, because when things get tight and you want that presence in the midfield towards the end of the game, Kenny will come into this game if we're not winning by two, three goals at that point. Um, that's my take. Kev? 
Are you at all concerned about this game? Uh, I'm concerned because it's soccer and anything can happen in soccer. But uh, <laughs> but no, I, I like I really like how Josh phrased it. Um, not necessarily a must win, but an embarrassing loss. Um, I think the other thing is with I don't know. I mean, look, I'm I'm still even in the reaction to the El Paso game. I'm still positive on this team's trajectory over the course of the season, maybe even more so than I was last season for, for in, in ways that I can't really put to words yet. I'm hoping to being able to formulate that as we continue to podcast over the season. But, um, but even, even with that winning the league is extremely hard. And so, okay, what can you do to, uh, make memories in the meantime you do like be sacramento from last year exactly so so i think you know mls teams look at the cup competition i don't i could be wrong but i imagine some of the mls cup teams uh, look at this cup competition and be like like i can't really be bothered with this this like good usl sides this is what like we should Mm -hmm. be pushing for and Mm -hmm. so yeah i i like I, I care about the cup and I want to see, we haven't, we haven't seen any big teams come to Highmark since we've been podcasting. I don't think. No. Um, and I'd like mm-hmm. to see that change. So yeah, I, 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 I do care. No, when I was talking to, to Matt about this, I had not realized that uh, DC versus the hounds in 2015, uh, which I'll say that's why I'm a hounds fan. Cause I came to see DC and became a hounds fan because the steel army was small at that point compared to what it is now, but awesome. And I was like, I'm coming back. Um, uh, that's the, the first and only time an MLS team has played at high Mark. Yeah. And I mean, we increase those odds by being in the competition longer. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I mean, so. yeah. I'm trying to remember did we were not podcasting at that point. Were we podcasting when we played Wigan? Do you remember when Wigan came? I think Wigan was before DC. I want to say it was. Oh. I just remember somebody had a giant Sally Wigan head cut out, and I was like, that's <laughs> genius. <laughs> Nobody from Wigan got that joke, but that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I remember it must have been, if, it, if we didn't start in 2015, it must have been 2016 or like early 2017, because the YouTube algorithm threw up an old live stream <laughs> mongols something oh yeah it's always showing up for me now yeah and and the backdrop was the first apartment i lived in when we moved down to knoxville and we were only there for two years when we moved down here in 2015 and i had a gnarly beard and my hair was all <laughs> over the way and i was just like oh god so yeah it, it was around that time it's been what two years since we did the jerseys and that was for the five like the fifth yeah. season of the podcast right so, so we're in Six, seventh seven, season, so I think we're in the seventh season. Yeah. yeah. So I looked it up because this Wigan news was new to me. Uh, mm. July nineteenth, two thousand thirteen. Uh, wow. ABC Four News article. I, I thought it was one of the first seasons yeah. wow. uh, at, at Highmark. It was the first season at Highmark. And yeah, I love everything about it because it's like the zoomed in, ultra cropped, like hounds <laughs> dog head logo. Um, uh, hey, Casey with just Wigan Athletic. It's 16 minutes into the game, and it's 1-1. That's great. Our buddy Casey McIntyre. 2013 was Wigan. 2015 was DC. Thanks, Casey. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, let's do some score prediction, guys. Um, because and this will count towards our totals. So That's you got really it. I was yes. this out. I don't have yeah. to remember nope. to search it out on YouTube. I get all the video stuff, but not the other posts <laughs> as alerts, and I don't know how to change it. You need to make sure you like and subscribe, man. That's all you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> if you go, if you go to uh, uh, our, if it's YouTube backslash Mongols, um, there's like a community tab, and all of our posts and stuff are there. Or yeah. they should just show up that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once so, I figure out how to get the alerts, I'll let everybody know because I'm sure I'm not the only one that hasn't figured out to get all the alerts. Cool, cool. Steve, what's your score prediction in this one? Uh, two zero hounds. Josh. I want to say three zero, but it's probably two zero. <laughs> it's probably two zero. I think it's two zero. Kev, three one hounds. Oh, that's my that, that was my pick too. So I'm I'm going three one. I'm not stealing it because I should have just said it before you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's what we think. Make sure you let us know what you think. Uh, head over to you can you can find us on Twitter. The link is there. It was there this morning. Um, it'll still be there tomorrow. Actually, I'll make sure that I pin it for us. But then uh, the real picks are over on YouTube, just like always. And like I said, this counts towards the predictions that we're doing all year long. Whoever gets the most points gets uh, free two free season tickets to the Hounds in 2024 to sit with the Steel Army. So it's totally worth it to play. Mm -hmm. Head over, participate. It's a lot of fun. I think it's. If you want the tickets, you have to be a supporter, which is $10 for the year, which is like insane. Um, so go check that out. Guys, after this game, we head to Indy on Saturday. Our first shot at Indy, 7 p.m. Indy only have one win so far in the season, which is not saying a ton. I think we only have two. Um, their last four games, trying to get a sense of like what to expect from Indy. Their last four games have all been against Western Conference teams. So it's like hard to get a comparison. Three of those Western Conference teams, though, have been in Indy. Like they've played those games in Indy. And of those, they have one draw and three losses. So Indy's not doing so hot at home. Um, they're basically a negative three. They've scored three goals, but given up six. They are going to play Columbus Crew on Wednesday in Columbus for the Open Cup. So we'll basically have one more day's rest and not play an MLS team. So that that sort of plays in our factor. Um, they've also played one less game than us, but they've completed 700 more passes than us this season. So they like to move the ball. They've also won 16 more fouls than us. So whether that means they're putting themselves in compromising positions or they're flopping, it's indie. I would guess there's a lot of flopping going on. Um, only former hound that I saw on the roster is Robbie Dambrot. He's had some games with him this season. He, I think he joined the mid-season last year. There was a whole thing about, like, where'd he go? And then he popped up on Indy's roster. So all that in mind. Wait, just a, so they've committed more fouls or gotten more fouls committed against them? Had 16 more committed against them. Okay, got you. I was going to say, again, if they had more fouls than us, I was like, that's impressive because we got a lot <laughs> of fouls. Like, yeah. Okay. It could it's be probably what well, you, you said that they're completing a lot more passes to me. That means they're holding on to the ball longer, which means they're yeah. potentially drawing more fouls. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And their passes are probably not as progressive. Right. Yeah. Considering that, you know what they've, they're at a negative three for the past four games. So they're not scoring that much guys. If it's going to be an away game, this is a good away game. I mean, the, the, you know, it, obviously you want home and you feel more confident at home, but 
if you got to play away, this is the team to play away against. It sounds like right now. So see, that's that's what my instinct tells me. But now I'm trying to think like <laughs> Kevin. Like, well, probabilistically, and uh, you know, I'm in your Kevin, head, Mike. Talk I'm us in through your this, head. Kevin. Talk <laughs> us through this game so that you know we get a sense of where you're where you're headed here. Make Mike, your case. There's no science to this. <laughs> no, I, um, so the first like 15 minutes of the show was total BS. I was going to say, say the first 15 minutes lies. of the show are totally BS. Yeah, no, yeah. I, yeah. And, I mean, yes, I, I, I agree with Josh with like out of all the away games, this is one that seems reasonable. I don't know. I guess just like cognitively too, like Pittsburgh to El Paso might as well be like Pittsburgh to French Polynesia. Like in my head, it's just like... <laughs> forever away and like anytime we yeah. play an east, east coast team i'm like oh that's fine like you can drive like it's cool and so to that like okay it's indie we know indie we've played indie like so i'm like i'm going through all this no i i i think it's either a draw or a win and i'll say i'll say it ah geez i really can't figure this out um Two one hounds. Okay. Steve, what do you think? I think this ends up being a 1-0 hounds win because I think that a league game after giving up those goals, uh, team's going to get back. They're going to practice on Wednesday. They're not going to get the day of rest. Or so, I, I don't know. I could see Bob like being like, no, forget the day of rest. We're, we're working hard for this game uh, on the weekend. Um, and... Uh, he's not going to be satisfied with giving up cheap goals or goals that are preventable. Um, and I don't know that we have, as we talked about, the attacking power to blow a team out. This is a team we could blow out because this is a team that is not good. Um, all of their points have come against teams that are uh, lower than them on the tables. Um, I mean, you're which talking about... Saying, or which is saying much, yeah. Right. Like you're not like, like this is not a team that has done anything against against anybody good. I mean, they they got a win against uh, was it Detroit, a tie against Tampa Bay and a tie against Las Vegas. Like these are teams that are not winning games, not scoring goals. So um, and all of those teams are giving up goals. Right. You look at all those teams. It's all negative goal differentials for them. So um, this is a team we should be able to beat. Um, yeah. One win hounds. Josh, what do you think? I'm I'm also saying two zero. I think them playing Columbus in the fact that they're gonna really be reaching for that game. They're gonna be trying like if it's the open cup. We were just talking about how much it means to a US our USL team. Um yeah, they're gonna be reaching for that game. So they're gonna put it their all and they're gonna be tired. So yeah. I mean, that that does play a huge factor in this, right? We were just talking about how we don't think Bob is going to start our starters against the Bobcats. Indy very well may be starting their starters against Columbus and giving it their all. And so there's a whole rest consideration there as well. I know it's at home, but their record at home is not good. So, yeah, I think I'm going to I'm going to take a win as well. Um now I'm torn because I was thinking 2-1, but do I go 2-1 because that's what Kevin picked? <laughs> or, I love this. This is I, great. But, but this is like part of the game, right? I kind of... But see, then, Kev, your voice is in the back of my head going, where do these goals come from? Like, who's scoring these goals? So, like, that makes me think Steve with his one nothing win 
I'm kind of like, oh, that sounds pretty good. Um, <laughs> just think Join what we Mike. Join me. <laughs> <laughs> just put, like, just put this in your mind. Like, okay, so we've had what, like four or five away games so far this season. One draw, one win, or no, two draws, one win, and two losses. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that looks right. Do you think this team is a three loss, two draw, one win like road team? No, I don't think we lose. I'm not worried about lose. I'm I'm figuring score prediction here at this point. So I think we win. It's just like by how much. So do I think we just had the conversation of like, if you feel confident you're going to score one goal a game, well, I'm not confident we're going to score one goal a game playing the way we play. It also feels like it comes in waves, right? Like the the game against um crap, who do we play? Yeah, ask Tottenham that question. RGV. Oh, yeah, seriously. RGV. Um, what? You know, it felt like we could we could have been scoring at will in the second half of that game. We just poured it on. So what what offensive team shows up in Indy? Mm, I I kind of like the argument that you know Bob's gonna be upset about the loss this weekend. And so he's gonna say, let's like throw the kitchen sink at them. And this is an Eastern Conference team. We're gonna have to play them twice. So uh, I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna oh part of me wants to say there's three goals in this game, but I don't I do not go for it. Why not? Let's yeah. do it. Little, three nothing little. three nothing hounds. I don't I do not feel confident with that pick at all. But also <laughs> if, it happens, yeah. if it happens, then like I know that I'm getting three points when the rest of you get one. So like there's my <laughs> chance to to make a difference. I need to look at the schedule and actually figure out like what are those differentiator games where like you swing for the fences because like I, I will say one thing I'm worried about with this game, and it's not because of this game. It's because of the Open Cup game that we're going to be playing. There is something to be said about when you're playing a lower league team, a team with less skill, they tend to get scrappy because mm-hmm. that team will come in hard on challenges. They're mm-hmm. having something to prove. They're the ones that are going to, you know, really screw up a, a player on accident because they're not as skilled. Um, so I'm always worried with these open cup games against lower league teams that some, someone's going to come out injured and, yeah. uh, yeah, that's one thing. I don't think you're going to have as much of a worry as Indy, uh, mm-hmm. being against the crew. So yeah. like if our game gets scrappy, that's going to be a bad sign for the Indy game. Yeah. Good thing. I mean, is though, I mean at unless least... Columbus pulls in some young players that really want to impress and yeah. do some damage. Yeah, good thing it, is on it's it's on Highmark's field, so mm-hmm. at least we're not playing like some hacked up grass with you know dirt potholes everywhere and everything, and someone's going to twist an ankle. I'm I'm kidding, obviously, and grossly over over exaggerating, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I just keep on thinking of like when the Columbus Crew played Dayton Dutch Lions. I remember uh, Eddie Gavin. I think was his name Eddie Gavin. I think his name. That's was a Eddie. callback, yeah. Yeah, what he got his career-ending injury was yeah. from an wow. Open Cup game because of of that game. Is that and what happened to him? Yeah, he got huh. really screwed up at uh, an Open Cup game against Dayton, hmm. and he never played again. So, speaking of injuries, right? Like, so we know Junior's out, but I also noticed that uh, Danny Rivera was not in the eighteen. Um, and so I think that's just something to monitor. See, uh, didn't he go happened. like missing last year too? Yeah, 
And I, my guess is I, I've had this feeling that Bob is really hesitant to put people on an injured list. Um, and I have a little more of a feeling of that than I think like it's just a feeling if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but I don't, I don't know about Danny, but I just noticed he wasn't there. Um, uh, I got to practice pretty late. I mean, there were only a few guys left doing free kicks when I got there. So I have no ability to know if he was Try, trying to take your head off Tuesday. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, or yeah, Thursday. So I don't know if he was in practice or not, but he wasn't there in the 18 on Saturday. It'll be interesting to see if he's in the 18 tomorrow or this coming Saturday. And that's a big absence. I think if he's not fit for whatever reason. That's one thing that I was thinking about it, comparing this league to other leagues. It feels like, at least with the Hounds, there's a lot of secrecy that it just feels like, you know, in the preseason where we're like, why are we not getting the names of these trialists? And I understand the justification, mm -hmm. but like even things like injury reports, like letting people mm -hmm. know about what to expect going into game. There's just a lot of whether it's like lack of, um, uh, precedent where just not a lot of teams do it. So nobody does mm -hmm. it. Or if it's like, we're intentionally trying to be secret because we think it's going to give us some sort of advantage for the team, not to know whether or not Daniel Rivera is on the injured list or not. Like, what yeah. are we doing here? Like it, it let's, let's, let's know, you know, our lane and like, you know, um, I, I wonder if a lot of that is the coach GM mm -hmm. dual role with the Hounds and Bob Lilly, right? Like, I think that you see that pretty clearly with teams that have a clear uh, director of soccer or general manager of VP, whatever that role is, and then have a coach, right? Like they're, they're focused on communicating the state of the team, not coaching the team. I think for Bob, it's, he doesn't want to give that information away to anyone. If Danny is out for two months, I don't think that's like, I'm not, supposing that's what it is, right? But like, he doesn't want anybody to know that like they might not be playing against Danny Rivera for the next however long, right? Like he wants every opposing coach to have to be prepared for the flexibility of Nate, Danny, Luke as those wing backs. And how do you prepare for the three different play styles of those in those two positions? Maybe Bob just doesn't like doing paperwork. <laughs> Who does? I'm so on board with I, this. I, yeah. I don't even think it's that Bob doesn't like to do paperwork because I don't. I think it's he doesn't even think about doing paperwork. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> we never know like what the lineup looks like as far as like uh, positions. Like whenever every time they put up a graphic for what the Hounds are playing, it's like we think they're playing in these positions. I, I, I love those graphics. <laughs> those graphics oh. are amazing because I'm just like, what are they? What formation they yeah. going to put us yeah. in this week? Like this is fun. Yeah, yeah. Be great. I, mean, I, I also get the feeling that like if you catch Bob, I don't know, in the parking lot of like a giant eagle, he's gonna be like, Oh yeah, like Etu's out for this long or, or Revere's out for this long. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know. So yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's true, right? Like I can get quite a bit of info from Matt Grubba when I'm talking to him, but there are things Matt would never say to me that if I catch Bob at the right moment, I'm gonna know it all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a podcast where we just let him talk for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I part of me misses having him on the show, but it's like you ask him one question and you're done. <laughs> That's it. Like, just yeah. There's pros and cons to it, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. great to get a direct mm -hmm. line from from the manager, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I I've really begun to enjoy uh, home game media 
post games with Bob because it's just like you get such an insight into his thought process and how he conceptualized the game. I've learned a lot just listening to him in terms of like, oh, this is why that happened in the game or this is what you were doing. And now I understand why you do that. And I understand the, the game a lot more. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the latest episode of Ted Lasso, but there's a scene where he's like putting together formations using ketchup and mustard bottles. And somebody made a reference. I forget who it was on Twitter that they were like, literally they ran into Bob somewhere and he was doing the exact same thing, like explaining <laughs> strategy to them with ketchup and mustard bottles and like formations and stuff. It was Jeff, uh, president. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. There you go. yeah. 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 So he actually told me that story in person before uh, about how like, you know, he was just asked him a question about soccer and he Bob's like, OK, here's what it is, blah, 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 blah. And doing the whole thing. He's like, oh, OK, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Steve, Mike. Your, your dog's getting a shout out yeah, from, uh, from the comments. He squeezed up like usually he tries to jump up from the side. No, this time he squeezed up from underneath the desk and made himself known. So. Not this really is Rory, really. everybody. Say hi, bud. <laughs> <laughs> now he's camera shy. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, that is what we think. Obviously, let us know what you think. I guess, Josh, uh, well, obviously the game tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to the Open Cup game, is at Highmark. I'm assuming tickets are still available if you have the opportunity to get down there because Open Cup is always mm -hmm. crazy. Uh, for the indie game this weekend, Bulldog? Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll be at Bulldog. We don't have like an official watch party or anything like that, but it's it's always going to be on at Bulldog. Um, and then, yeah, the Open Cup game, uh, no real tailgate plan because it is a weekday game. And uh, yeah, I think if they announced tickets were like 15 bucks at the gate. Yep. It's not going to sell out. It's general mission for the whole thing. So mm -hmm. sit wherever you want. Uh, we'll probably still be over in the seal army section because it'd be weird not to be for a real game. So, uh, yeah. And remember, everybody, go make sure you uh, get your score predictions in over on YouTube. Uh, JF submitted a few uh, while we were chatting. We appreciate that. He said, uh, what, 2 nothing Hounds tomorrow in the Open Cup, and he thinks there's going to be a 1-1 draw on Indy. So make sure you, you get just, those in. Have you just given up? putting up the chart mike can't take the pain of, okay uh... <laughs> i literally had it queued up here you want to see the chart kevin's the only one that got points this week so kevin's sitting at the top with nine and then we have a three-way tie uh for second between keaton dan yost and laura allen with five points each jf has four points tim regis jr four points and then the rest of us are either three two one or none i'm only enjoying this because it, it just won't last forever like i'm not it's, this is, i'm gonna be down eventually <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Got Doing it. the statistical analysis on all of our predictions, like everyone across the board at the end of the season is going to be fun because we all know nothing <laughs> as it comes to, and I think that's normal. I, you know, there's so many shows that I'll listen to where they do score predictions, but they never go back and look at them again. So like, there's no, yeah. um, uh, accountability accountability that's the yeah. word I was looking for. Yes. Thank you. So yeah, head over to Twitter, head over to YouTube, get your picks in, uh, have some fun. And, um, yeah. Otherwise, let's hope for two wins this week. And uh, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. See ya.